the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Well, on today's program, we spend some time exploring some myths about retirement. You know, Pat, one of the big myths we often hear is that once you retire, when you're no longer commuting to work, you don't have the gasoline expenses, perhaps you're no longer buying the suits or uniforms or some of the other expenses typically associated with going to work on a day-to-day basis, that you'll ultimately spend a lot less money upon retirement. But I understand that ain't necessarily so. Well, there are three segments to retirement. The first 10 years, they're called the go-go years. You're traveling, you're doing a lot of things, all that pent-up demand, all those pent-up dreams. And if you have the assets, you're having fun, you're doing a lot of those things. The next 10 years are called the slow-go years. And you're slowing down, you're not traveling as much. Maybe you're going to more doctor appointments and you're kind of tailoring back. In the next 10 years, if you're blessed with a full 30 years, are called the no-go years. You're not going anywhere. You're going to the doctor several times a week and pretty much leading a much quieter lifestyle. So depending on what your vision of retirement is and this whole adjustment to having time on your side is a big adjustment based on not only the money part of this whole story, but the psychological part of how do you evaluate yourself? Men particularly, Craig, are having a harder time adjusting because most men identify themselves with their contribution and their value to what they bring to the work table. Women increasingly, by the way, will be suffering from this as they move into more management roles and and increasingly have more responsibility in their jobs. So women will also suffer likewise. And so the whole issue is, what are your expenses in retirement? It's really a discretionary issue based on you're going to be traveling a lot or you're going to be watching the soaps all day or are you going on inexpensive bike rides through Napa Valley? So all those things kind of drive what your retirement budget will look like. And therein lies the deft touch of how you ferret out your spendable dollars. Many people get pretty nervous, Craig, about spending money too early in retirement. The fear is we'll run out of money. And that's not a very comforting fact for any of us. 
And I guess then, too, Pat, there are some expenses in there. In addition to what we might spend in the have fun end of the go-go years, you know, the cruises and things of this sort, trips across the country to see the grandchildren, maybe finally get engaged in that hobby that we've always wanted to do that might turn out to be an expensive one, like, I don't know, vintage car collecting or something. But then, too, aren't there a number of fixed expenses that we're going to have a difficult time controlling? I mean, for example, I understand that when we look even at the expenses related to health care, we're looking at a considerable amount of money during the retirement years, which for some folks might last, what, 20, 30 years? We've often talked about you need about 70% of your working income in retirement. Well, now with the health care issue, if you are not covered by health care, which, by the way, about 90% of us are not going to be covered by some kind of health care, we now talk about you needing about 80% of your income. Because healthcare is, generally speaking, about a thousand bucks a month, or maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending upon what plan you have. And if you're a part of a group that was carrying at some point in time, sometimes they'll give you discounted rates. But that's the big issue today: is the healthcare issue. All the other insurances are going to be pretty much standard. You know, homeowners insurance. If you have long-term care insurance, that nursing home plan that that only three percent of retirees have, that will increase over five and 10 year periods, as you hit new age bands, that will increase rather dramatically. And the PERS and STRS plans, if you were a, a teacher or a hospital worker, they were very inexpensive premiums and they have had better than 100% rate increases over the last many years. So between healthcare, which people confuse, people say, well, I've got Kaiser, I've got Blue Cross, so I, I don't need a long-term care plan. Uh-uh, not so. Healthcare is when you're sick, you go into a hospital and your Blue Cross covers it or your Medicare covers it. If you need perpetual home health care that's not covered by Medicare, not covered by your Blue Cross or Kaiser plan, be very mindful of that distinction between the two. And premiums for both those, a long-term care plan and regular health care, are skyrocketing. Medical inflation has been double digits for at least the last 30 years, meaning 10 plus percent increases or more. Whether you file claims or not, Craig, I've enjoyed pretty good health, but I continue to get 25% rate increases almost every year. I don't totally understand why. All I know is we do have the best healthcare system in the world. Foreigners flock to this country to get kidneys replaced and heart treatments, et cetera, et cetera. So I suspect we're the envy of the globe for quality healthcare. But there's an expensive price tag associated with that quality health care. I guess, Pat, too, some of the other myths related to retirement and spending less come in the form of some fixed expenses that we really can't control, such things as property taxes, insurance costs for our home, our car, the cost of heating and cooling a home, groceries, many of the other day-to-day things that even upon retirement, you're not going to be able to do much to control. Food is very inflationary the last couple of years. Taxes are going to continue to go up. We know that. So if you're blessed with a decent retirement income, whether it's from pensions or whether it's from distributions from your 401k, you're going to get hit just as hard as the worker person. If you're blessed with 50 to 75, 100 grand a year, you're still going to be paying a dramatically greater part of your retirement nest egg in taxes. There's no question about that. This big retirement myth that you'll spend less upon retirement is just exactly that. It's pretty much a myth. To retire with a comfortable source of income, expenditures going up, just normal inflation, we're going to need a whole bunch of money. It's that critical mass chunk of money that we sit and review to determine if they have a comfortable enough cushion. It's called gaining critical mass. 
And the critical mass number is different for all of us. There was a guy, Rosencrantz, wrote a book many years ago called The Number. And the number was basically what is the amount of money you're going to need specifically to comfortably retire. And it's different for all of us. Maybe it's a million dollars for you, Craig, and it's $750,000 for me, and it's $3 million for somebody else. What's the expected conservative rate of return you're going to need on that chunk of money to consistently bring in income for you guaranteed for life? In this era where boomers may not be as prepared as they should have been are saying, wait a minute, I'll retire, but I need some securitization, some guarantees of income for life. I hope my social security is guaranteed for life. Maybe a little tiny pension or two is guaranteed for life. Maybe I've got some rental income. I want another guaranteed source of income. That's kind of their cushion, Craig, against another 50% drop. The stock market, the Dow Jones dropped 50% twice, once in 2001 and once in 2008. So people are saying, wait a minute, I don't want to be subject to some brainiac on Wall Street ruining my retirement by my 401k dropping 50%. Whatever is left after I'm gone goes to my spouse or my kids. A look at some of the big retirement myths. As much as we've just explored the first big myth that you'll spend less upon retirement, the other big myth, Pat, for some folks is the idea that a million dollars will be enough. Now, certainly on face value, a million dollars seems like an awful lot of money. And when you consider things like the interest that you're earning on that money, plus the minimum withdrawals that tick into effect come 70 and a half, it seems like a pretty significant amount of money. But is it really if we take into consideration the nature of our lifestyle upon retirement? Lifestyle is a big factor. What is your comfort level with risk? Appetite for risk has a big, big driver to that million dollar number. So let's kind of drill down and look at that million dollars. If you've been successfully putting your nickels and dimes away for 30 and 40 years, you do have a million dollars in your what we call critical mass bucket of money. The issue is what is a ultra conservative number to assume you're going to arrive at every year for the next 30 or 40 years if you're blessed with that many years of retirement. So a million dollars, let's take a 4%, what I think would be an ultra conservative number, and most pros agree that's a a doable conservative number. 4%, we hope is worst case scenario of a million bucks is $40,000 a year. So roughly $3,500 a month. So what does that $3,500 a month buy you in terms of lifestyle when you add that number onto Social Security or any other sources of income, whether that be rental income or pensions or anything else? What does that do to the total income? And when you add up that number along with any other income sources, Social Security, pensions, rental income, does that number equal 80% of what you were earning before you and or spouse pulled the plug? Furthermore, if you are the kind of couple that have a very adventurous, expensive lifestyle in terms of retirement, is that going to be enough? Do you want to go on vacation three times a year, go on cruises, or are you going to tie your RV up to the back of the car and camp out? Different styles. The Hilton is one style. RV camping is another kind. Very different price tags associated with each. Is your idea going to Italy for a month or camping out up in Tahoe for a month? Very different drivers. And depending upon what you want to do would dictate if that million dollar number is going to be comfortable. Certainly you don't want to start taking out 10% of that million bucks every year in the early years 
Now, three years later, your million dollars is down to 700000 and you wake up and smell the coffee and say, oh my goodness, we've been way too aggressive in spending relative to what it's earning. Now, you always want to be surprised on the upside. I always have very cautious assumptions. So if we're assuming four and it does six or eight, or and now three years later, you've got a million two, you can loosen the purse strings a little bit. That's where keeping your finger on the pulse of your spending habits versus your performance in reality, what it's doing, I think that's the litmus test of making sure you are connecting with how life is treating you. Any conservative posturing is always recommended because if you're not motivated to go to work and we want to retire at 66, let's say, when you're 68, 69, or 70, and you've enjoyed the taste of having time on your side, you're probably not going to want to be going back to work. And guess what? You may not be as employable. You're out of the market for three or four years. Things change pretty radically. And we know psychologically, you might not even be prepared to get dressed again every day and schlep into work. Maybe that's one of the the big benefits then, Pat, of staying in the workforce as long as one possibly can. I mean, in addition to the fact that if you retire really early, you see a precipitous drop in the amount of money that you're eligible for from Social Security. But then, too, as you point out, the longer you stay in, the greater your income levels going into retirement. And let's face it, these days, it's not like it was for mom or dad or grandma and grandpa who retired and maybe enjoyed five or ten years upon retirement before they passed. It's not unusual these days for some people to enjoy 25, 35, 40 years of retirement. That's the good news and that's the bad news, right? So we've got to be in it for the longer haul. That's the jitteriness that people experience when they when they even consider retiring. I get a lot of folks come in, Craig, and they say, well, we're thinking about retiring in one year or six months or next month. What's my cash flow going to look like? And we'll do a cash flow analysis and either say, wow, I'm in a lot better shape than I thought I was, or, oh my gosh, I've got to work a couple, three more, more years and really pound away at my 401k or 403b. In most cases, I've got to tell you, the old adage, we're hardest on ourselves. In many, many cases, probably 80%, Craig, I'm going to tell you, when folks come in and go through this exercise, they are much more prepared than they thought they were. Because adding up all those sources of income, they didn't realize how good a job they've done in preparation. Now, there are exceptions. Once in a while, we get this disconnect where people think, well, I've got $50,000 saved. That's certainly enough for me to retire on. And we run through the numbers, and it's woefully short. If there's any listeners that would like to go through this exercise, my team and I would enjoy going through this. We go through this all day long. We have four, five, six, seven appointments every day. It's a good exercise to run through. Even if you're 55 or 75, it doesn't matter matter whether you're thinking of retiring at any age it's a good way to understand and project when you're going to be monetarily comfortable and guess what psychologically comfortable there's this cottage industry that's been evolving for the last four five six seven years where psychologists have these group therapy sessions that help future retirees psychologically prepare you know you get up every morning and you have your coffee and it's 8 30 now what are you going to do the rest of the day So if you haven't prepared your hobbies, your interest levels, and you haven't spent time creating 
the dream and executing on the dream of what you're actually going to be doing, it could be a very bad shock. You can clean out the garage and rearrange things in your closet just so many times. But now the question is, what are you going to do with your day? You're going to spend time helping charities. You're going to volunteer your time. You're going to do consulting work. You can't play golf and tennis all day long, every day. That becomes work after a while. So in the end then, I guess the key is that everybody's situation is different and folks really shouldn't be leaving their retirement to chance, I suppose, Pat, especially as you get closer toward that year, it becomes more and more important that you're actively managing your retirement dollars and you're prepared in anticipation of not just what you'll spend upon retirement, but the kind of money that you'll need to have set aside in order to earn enough income to enjoy an independent retirement. And that really is where Vitucci and Associates can help. Take a moment, if you would, Pat. We often talk about that retirement plan tune-up. We know certainly it's important during the winter season to winterize our automobile, make sure that it won't break down on the road on us. I guess that's also true when it comes to our retirement plan. We need to take a holistic view of what you are going to do in retirement, what you can afford to do in retirement. It's our goal in that free consultation that we offer to crystallize what the picture is going to look like. What are you going to do? How much money are you going to have? What are your interest levels? What are your travel plans? What do you want to give back to society? So we really run through the gamut of the financial and, and psychological aspects of that adjustment period. And it is a big adjustment. Most of us have been working since we were kids. Having time on your hands, you can sometimes be lost. Now, those of who have lots of interests and hobbies, the typical reaction is, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have no idea when I had time to work. I'm busier than I've ever been. And the next person that comes in after six months of retirement, they're looking for work to do because they're bored to tears. They have not been able to adjust freely to this, quote, these the golden years. And they're not golden if, A, you've got financial stress, or they're not golden if you've got psychological stress because you have not had time to develop other hobbies, develop other aspects of who you really are. And that's where, of course, the complimentary financial health and retirement plan tune-up can come in great hand. Call today to schedule your appointment. Again, never any cost or obligation when you call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E or 888-752-6947. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. You've heard the phrase, one size fits all. Well, maybe that's true when it comes to certain types of casual shoes or dresses. But at the end of the day, one size fits all definitely does not fit long-term planning. There are issues such as timeline to retirement, the kind of goals you have, the things you'd like to achieve once you've retired, the level and style of lifestyle that you wish to enjoy. All of these factors, along with more subtle things like is there a partner in this process? Are you a single person? Retirement planning can change drastically. If you don't understand the rules can be problematic. Some insights now, and Pat, certainly, as I suggest, no one size fits all. And that's very true when it comes to some of the unique challenges that are present in relationship to retirement planning for singles. You know, over the years, we've been guilty of really focusing on John and Mary, an investor, and really focusing on couples. And shame on us for not spending more time on single people. Lots of single people out there have a different set of challenges. And I'd like to spend some time today really talking about how do single people react to 
money management to financial planning to legacy planning to estate planning. 53% of singles today are over 65 years old. So let's spend some time and give them some time to reflect on what challenges they have, what kind of legacy issues are they thinking about. Clearly creating a prudent estate plan is even more important because when you're a couple, okay, if John dies first and Mary survives, Mary's got some time to reflect and and maybe adjust their legacy plans based on her single life now. But what if Mary's a single a single person or John's a single guy? What's the estate plan? Because when that one person leaves this earth, what do you do with their stuff? And so incapacity and death are two issues that you're kind of on your own. It's important to have that plan in place and have a successor trustee having a uh, key person take care of you in either disability or incapacity. And then ultimately on death, what's best friend of yours going to do with your stuff? Without a formal set of documents dictating what should happen, things get pretty fuzzy and you create havoc in terms of maybe it was intended for nieces and nephews or siblings. Again, a, a clear definition of what your plans are. And that certainly in the way of creating a will or a trust kind of documents where you'd like your wealth and other assets to be distributed. And again, naming that individual to carry out your wishes. An advanced healthcare directive gives you some clarity on how you want to be cared for and in what capacity do you want a do not resuscitate, a DNR. What kind of work do you want to have done to keep you alive? What artificial means is in your heart that you want to be kept alive? So a healthcare power of attorney, the HIPAA authorization form, again, we think is really important to name a person or and a successor person. So if that your successor trustee does not outlive you, who's the contingent successor trustee, that backup person, that in case um, he or she is not available or, or of the mindset to make decisions for you? And then a financial power of attorney. Who's going to pay your bills? Who's going to distribute the balance of your assets upon death? Let me make this crystal clear. Vitucci and Associates, we are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices. We will give you recommendations. Again, creating your your legacy isn't just about money. It's the entire picture of what you want to leave behind, we don't want to forget to review your current beneficiary designations. We continue to get calls from listeners that said, my ex-spouse died and the beneficiary was supposed to be upgraded to his or her new spouse and he forgot to change it. Can you help me out? No, we can't. The insurance company legally has an obligation to pay that, the proceeds of that life insurance policy to the current beneficiary on record, despite the fact that they may have been divorced or separated or whatever the issue is many years ago. So I would encourage you to look at beneficiary designations for 401ks, IRAs, life insurance. Who is the person to contact 
should you begin to ignore your bills and your long-term care policies, who is going to be the person to to get a, a carbon copy of that bill and remind you that, oh, by the way, did you pay your long-term care policy? So planning documents, how you title accounts, your check-in account. Does it have a second person on there as a single person to have your friend or sibling or, or somebody pay your bills while you're infirmed in a hospital or in a temporary nursing home for a while or you're in an auto accident? Who's going to keep your financial life going and pay your mortgage payment so the bank doesn't come in and and close down your home? All those things become even more critically important because if you're single, you've got to have some responsible person to look after your affairs should terrible things happen tomorrow, this afternoon. So are you prepared to have somebody write checks for you? I mean, really simple things, paying your rent, making your car payment. Those things have to go on even though you may be unconscious and not well enough to even understand all those obligations need to be met. Not to be a downer, but these are just real life issues that we get calls from issues that come up. Stuff happens. We've got to make sure we're responsible enough to dot the I's and cross the T's and make sure um, you're covered. And, and when you recover or don't recover, what whatever the result is, you haven't skipped a beat. Let me make this crystal clear. Vitucci & Associates, we are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices. We will give you recommendations. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Don't invest and forget. You know, we don't typically start by quoting from Dear Abby, but a recent item in Dear Abby's column caught my attention, and Pat, I'd like to get your response to this. The uh, writer sends this letter in. His name is Tom in Long Beach, and Tom writes, I'm in my early 40s. Most of my good friends have not even given a second thought to our approaching quote-unquote golden years. No one is saving money for retirement, participating in any sort of plan, or even thinking about how they'll manage later in life. My parents are enjoying a modest but comfortable retirement they plan for most of their lives. I want the same thing for myself and my friends. How can I inspire them to take action? And dear Abby responds, Tom, you're a caring and wise friend who's surrounded by perpetual adolescence. Sometimes people can be their own worst enemies and it's not always possible to save them from themselves. Talking to people who choose to live for today while ignoring the importance of preparing for tomorrow won't work. A better approach would be to teach them by example, then cross your fingers and hope they can catch on. And there is the response by Dear Abby. And I thought, Pat, there are so many people out there today that are in that very same scenario where they live for today and they give no thought for tomorrow. Yeah, sadly, the numbers of those kinds of people is pretty frightening. And we all have these dreams and aspirations, and our vision of what retirement is going to be. But I got to tell you, there's a disconnect, Craig, with some folks, how to get there and the pain it takes and the deliberate squirreling away of a couple bucks every paycheck is just not there. And uh, that's pretty frightening. And given the trends in where we are in America, this gentleman who wrote this article, you know, it's not the exception, it's more the rule. 
And the irony with all of this is, you know, you always remind us, don't invest and forget. Some people will take a a bit of a spin on that and they will work, but they will forget to plan for retirement, never asking themselves the question, well, how am I going to retire? Where is that money going to come from? How long will I have to work before I reach retirement? And worst of all, as you point out, not only is there a real erosion of the number of defined benefit plans that are out there, a lot of people look to Social Security and think they'll be able to retire with the same resources mom and dad did 10, 20, 30 years ago, that really doesn't stack up with reality, does it? No, it doesn't. And this fictional date of age 65 or 62, for a large majority of folks approaching those numbers, the realization is that just that it's fictional. More like 70, 72, 75 Given our health and longevity and increased mortality, Craig, that age 65 number, given all the trends in America, we're going to have difficulty following in our parents' footsteps. We're going to look back and say, wow, our parents really enjoyed some wonderful times. Yes, they were good squirrels. They were good savers. And maybe we should be more like mom and dad in terms of being good savers. There's one major difference, though, between these two generations, and we've seen this statistic even cited by the Social Security Administration, that when our grandparents, for example, retired, they were the first generation that received the benefits of Social Security. The life expectancy was maybe 68, 70 years old. So conceptually, you would retire at 62 or 65, enjoy three or four or five years of life, and then your time here on Earth was over with. Today, with medical advances and the greater emphasis on taking better care of ourselves and a greater degree of attention to health care, folks are living to be 80, 90. In fact, centurions today are not all that unusual. Who could have imagined that people today would be enjoying 25, 30 years of retirement? Yeah, you're right. I took my first 100-year-old client to lunch. Of course, my other client said, oh, yeah, Vitucci, I got to reach 100 before you'll buy lunch. But this gal was a school teacher for 56 years, still very bright, very strong thinking. And we're going to see more and more of that, Craig, given uh, where the trends are going. So the challenge is our portfolio designed to last another 10, 20, 20 or 30 years. That's the challenge. And of course, the big question with that is, how do we go about determining that number? How much money will we need to set aside? How how big of a nest egg? And what are the varying components that will be included in our overall retirement scheme? And again, Pat, to emphasize, for our grandparents and great-grandparents, it was basically Social Security or maybe a pension if you worked for the railroad or happened to work for the government. Just a lot more complex today than it was by comparison 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, you're right, Craig. There's a quiet revolution going on. We've talked about corporate America where corporations to compete globally cannot afford those legacy costs. So we've got that issue. Corporate America saying, sorry, take care of yourself. We're going to increase the 401k limits, increase IRA limits. You've got to make those deposits. Coupled with that, as we know, the Social Security system is broken. And what's got to happen is eligibility age will continue to rise So we've got a one-two punch right there, of course, coupled with life expectancies increasing. In fact, the National Center for Health Statistics talks about today at age 65, the average life expectancy is 82 for a man and 85 for a woman compared to 78 for a man and 81 just back in 1960. So we've seen a dramatic rise. And that means if we're talking about averages, 50% will live beyond those numbers and 50% won't. So depending upon what gene pool you were able to draw from would kind of drive what half you're in. 
And of course, living longer not only necessitates having more money available to last longer years, but then the issue too, as we're living longer, the aspect of health care comes into play. And of course, that's becoming a real challenging arena for many folks today, not just retirees, but even folks working full time. Yeah, health care is the small dollar amount from a couple years ago to a very large dollar amount today. In fact, the recent report estimates that a 65-year-old couple will need $215,000 to cover health care expenses in retirement, which includes costs for Medicare Part B and Part D and supplemental insurance. So years ago, your dad, my dad, were most likely covered by the corporation for the rest of their life. And that's, as you mentioned, maybe three or four or five years of retirement. Now it could be 20 or 30 years. And so we're seeing companies saying, sorry, we can't afford those costs anymore. And so health care costs are now... a month to cover mom and dad. And that's a big, big number anymore. We could have never envisioned healthcare inflation, which has been galloping at 10, 12, 15% for as long as I can remember each and every year. And so when you see that kind of medical inflation uh, jumping to those levels, it's not surprising we're seeing the healthcare premium dollars just soaring and quite frankly, postponing a lot of retirement decisions because they're just not as well equipped as they thought they were given that one issue, healthcare premium costs. It's a whole different paradigm shift. It needs some careful planning and it needs a big chunk of money, whether it's 500000 whether it's a million, whether it's $2 million. We all have the vision of what our number is. By the way, we can calculate your number if you come in for our free consultation. It's an equation driven by how much you think you need on a monthly basis to carry out your dream vacation, your dream retirement, your dream plans. If you have modest dreams, then your number might be smaller. If you've got some exotic ideas of talk about fishing in Alaska rather than going up to Tahoe, the commensurate cost of those two trips are dramatically different. And so your number is different and your preparation for building that critical mass number is very different. And so that's where we have to really get into the planning and what will your budget look like when you pull your plug on your salary, your income? What will replace it? What will be all those little supplemental pieces, your social security check, your pension check, Maybe you've got rental income, maybe an income from your IRA, from your 401k. When you collect all those nickels and dimes, what does that look like at the end of the day? Does that suggest I've got enough to cover my dreams? Is there a disconnect between your number and your plans? We would love to connect those two in the way of designing an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that says, yes, I'm prepared. Yes. Hooray. Or no, I've got to work for five more years. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit DontInvestAndForget.com.
Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.